0: Welcome to episode 114 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and I'm joined yet again by the one and only David J. Ho. What is up, stranger?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think it's funny that, like, you and I have been here for an hour and a half, and almost two hours, almost two hours, and our listeners have no clue that you and I have been engaging in.
0: Well, you know, that's, that's, you know, there's not even a Patreon level that will get you into what the last hour and a half have been. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's deep friendship territory that money cannot buy.
1: This is true. So yes, very much appreciate Cam and your friendship and what we do prior to turning on the record or hitting the record button. And I, I do want to say this.
0: Uh, those of you that, that haven't figured it out yet after 113 previous episodes, Dave's kind of a really good dude. And by kind of, no. I mean, absolutely. So we're just, we're totally like, you know, loving on each other right now. And that's okay. <laughs> that is an okay thing for two friends to do. It took us 114 episodes to do it publicly. We're finally there. But no, I think we, yeah, we we appreciate one another. Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, just grateful that I mean, dude, three years. (laughs) Remember that one time you made Travis eat all that food and then you ate it? That you made Okay. You made
1: Vegematic. Yes, I remember it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, this is totally off topic and it just it just popped into my brain, but I feel like our listeners need to wanna throw up right now. So back in the day when I was a youth pastor at a local church here. Dave was a volunteer and his oldest daughter was in the youth group. Um, (laughs) Dave and a fellow uh, uh, leader, Travis, who is still a good friend of mine, um, did something. Was it the Vegematic, the human Vegematic? Human Vegematic is
1: what this kid is called.
0: And you just, I'm not going to paint a picture. Would you just tell our, our dear listeners? Also, if you're eating lunch, maybe pause and come back in an hour. Cause you're not going to want to finish your lunch. Yeah. That's all I need to say.
1: Well, so this is actually a skit that comes from Saturday night live back in the day, which is why I loved it so much. Yes. And so Saturday night live had a skit called the bass where uh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd yeah. is putting all kinds of things so into good. a blender. It's so good. That's going to be in the show the notes. That's going to be in the show notes. it, He drinks it, including oh. <laughs> putting a bass in a blender and blending it or puree or whatever the different setting is whatever the french call it right and and he he drinks it and so for me as a youth group kid in the 1980s i had youth leaders who did the bejomatic and so basically you have one volunteer who does the well, you have one. You have one volunteer who is the actual machine. Yes. And so you put things into that person's mouth, and they chew it up as if they were some sort of a food processor. And so then they spit it out into a glass, and then the person who would be the uh, Ron Papil of and you might need to put that in the show notes as well <laughs> um, of the skit. Then consumes whatever it is that that person has put in their mouth, chewed up and spit out as if they were a food processor. Then that person has to consume what it is that they.
0: Right. So in this instance, Travis was the human Vegematic. Yes. He had a little cardboard thing on his shoulders and you put food into his mouth. Yes. He chewed it up and spit it out. out, And you as the the television uh, infomercial salesman, ate it yes uh in particular i remember you shoving a bunch of peanuts in travis's <laughs> mouth him chewing it up and making some sort of really funny comment about like how he <laughs> there's no saliva left <laughs> he did it. and then That's he right. spit it on the bread and you slapped another piece of wonder bread and just chowed down on that uh you know handmade or more importantly uh mouth made peanut, uh, butter. peanut butter peanut
1: things we do for Jesus and kids. This is very true. Yeah. uh, uh, One of my spiritual gifts is, is the consumption of things that are absolutely disgusting. So I have swallowed goldfish for Jesus. (laughs) Why? I have eaten things that have come from another person's mouth for the name of Jesus. I've consumed raw, unhatched poultry in the name of Jesus.
0: Oh, the eggs. Yeah.
1: I've done many things in the name of,
0: have you done the egg blow?
1: Uh, that was my
0: dad's go to the egg blow. Do you know what I mean by that? Just
1: not immediately. Yeah. I do know what you're talking about. I don't know that I ever did that one. It, that was one
0: of my dad's favorites. So the egg blow for those who don't know is you get a piece of clear plastic tubing for, you know, plumbing or whatever, you know, I don't know, three quarters of an inch or whatever. You crack a raw egg into the tubing and then you have two people that put the tubing in their mouth. So the egg is sitting at the bottom of the U
1: somebody.
0: and the referee has an egg. in <laughs> My dad's rules. I don't know if these are the actual rules or not. The referee has a raw egg in hand. Mm-hmm. And on the count of three, both contestants blow into their end of the tube.
1: And eventually somebody and ends eventually up with,
0: gets a face full of egg or, or a, a mouthful, mouthful of, yeah. of egg. But my dad's rule was, is if you took the tube out of your mouth, to point it at your opponent or elsewhere, that was, you got a (laughs) raw egg in the face, like fastball from three feet away, which, you know, nowadays is like abuse. But back when I was, you know, a teenager, 10 years ago, 20, no. Oh my gosh. 12 years ago. Uh, that was okay. Oh, youth group games. So yeah,
1: I I remember doing it, but I don't like specifically have like a, Oh, I remember so-and-so doing it. I remember doing it at this place, but yes, we did do that at some point.
0: We never did it uh, at the Switch, but I do remember when I resigned and Damon took over. We, to pass the torch, we did uh, egg roulette, which I stole from Jimmy Fallon. And it's a dozen eggs. And if I remember correctly, uh, eight are hard boiled and yep. four are not. And you have to crack the egg open on your head. And of course, talk trash the whole time (laughs) um, about what you're going to do to the other person when they lose. And so the first person to crack three raw eggs on their head loses. And if I remember correctly, I won. Ah. So, you know. Wow, that was an unexpected uh, trip down youth group game lane. Yes. I remember all the failures
1: that I had. (laughs) Didn't you used to throw toast at people? Um, during announcements or something back when you were. So that was, that was actually kind of a David Letterman thing. So you talk about Jimmy Fallon, Dave Letterman was my, I really wanted to do box of
0: lies that Fallon does. but I thought (laughs) that doing box of lies in church at youth group would send mixed, mixed mixed signals. Hold on. This all has to go in the show notes.
1: So one time when we were grocery shopping for food in college, I found this like little thing that you would press on your bread prior to putting it into your toast and when you would press it it would say this is your day and then you would put it in the toaster and because of the depressed pieces it would then not toast to the same degree mm-hmm. and, so you could and, put and, messages on and the it bread would say this is your day and so that was one of the things that i did do was i threw i threw toast at And that was in college, actually. Yes, there
0: we go. I knew college
1: out through toast at the college youth group meeting (laughs) that said, this is your day. And what's very funny about that is then I had a friend from that group who got married. And the very first thing I said during their, I performed their (laughs) wedding and I looked at them and I said, Shannon, Jason, (laughs) this This is is your your day. day." (laughs) But you was their day? I
0: know. Oh, David, that's com- that's comedy gold right there. And you
1: know what? I got a laugh out of both of them while they mm-hmm. were standing in front of me.
0: So that's fantastic. Anyway, yes, very much. Anyways, uh, let's get let's get to you know Jesus and and not silly youth group games. Um, <clears throat> we are going to continue in Romans two because it's like it's just really good that chapter. Paul's you know already on fire. He's two chapters in and he's like. Pfft, I got this. (laughs) Um, So we're going to finish chapter two. So uh, we're going to start in 25 and end in 29. And I will, uh, you know, hand it over to you for the honors, sir. Okay.
1: So once again, we are in the ESB, which is in the English standard version. So if you happen to be listening to us, uh, well, (laughs) James laughs. says it all right there. I'm um, sorry. Go ahead. You do not have to have the ESV version to follow in the law. Yes. But you can certainly go on and probably find that online. So, so Romans two 25 for circumcision indeed is a value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have written the code and circumcision, but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. All right. This is really interesting.
0: Because mm-hmm. if you think about it in, uh, if I can say, historical context without doing a ton of research beforehand, um, especially coming from a guy like Paul, mm-hmm. who has bragged about how good of a Jew he is for following the law and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. It is very interesting that his approach here is not about the physical but what the physical represents and that is the spiritual condition of a person Mm -hmm. and that is really interesting to me because a lot of who jesus was um embattled against were people who were very concerned with outward appearance right when he calls the pharisees whitewashed tombs you look great on the outside but you're dead on the inside that sort of thing about Mm -hmm. about Yes, look, I am uncircumcised. Now, no one would obviously show you that in public. You hope not. Well, I mean, there's a whole slew of issues there, yes. But for Paul to jump straight from the idea of circumcision versus uncircumcision or Jews versus Gentiles based on a physical marker to immediately within verses jump into what that actually reflects and how someone who could be physically uncircumcised but spiritually follow the law is better off in God's eyes than someone who is physically circumcised, but who spiritually breaks the law. It's kind of a weird thing. I think for us to say circumcision so many times, (laughs) because you know, it's weird. It's something that none of us that are circumcised remember and thank God for that. But it is, it is interesting to me. Uh, that Paul makes the connection so quickly between physical and spiritual, not because he doesn't understand it, but because Paul can tend to be long winded from time to time about certain Mm -hmm. things. And he pretty much just takes Judaism here and turns it on its head. And, and by Judaism, I don't mean like all Jews. I mean, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the showmanship of Judaism of which he was an integral part the the priesthood the uh you know the zealots the folks that were in the street demonstrating what a good Jew should look like mm-hmm. and he immediately blows past all of that and goes straight towards what it what actual faith means and how God sees a person which is you know um help me with the reference here Dave uh God you know uh something like sees the, the matters of a man's heart instead of what's the verse i'm thinking of you know uh God doesn't judge Judges man by the heart. Oh, I'm so disappointed. If only I had gone for Awana, gone to Awana for longer than like three years. But it, it's something along the lines of God judges a man by his heart or sees the, the intents of a man's heart instead of the actual, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I, I, I don't immediately recall the I'm verse. I'm so disappointed in myself right now. But
0: that's what Paul's trying to get to, right? Is that, yes, circumcision in that day and age and even today is a physical marker. But what God is most concerned about is not whether or not you have foreskin. It is about whether or not your heart is in line with him. Yeah. Um, And like, that's kind of a bold thing to say at this point, right? Yes. Oh, definitely. When, when lines are being drawn, in, in this situation where like Jesus just showed up, just totally changed everything and then died and then showed back up to a bunch of people. And now there's this thing called the church, which has never existed before and is challenging every single known concept to the people that are alive. Then for Paul in the midst of all of that to be like, yeah, so, you know, circumcision, which is like this Jewish thing that has been going on for Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm doing a good job of, of explaining perhaps, you know, what I'm trying to get to, but like, this is far more serious than I think we would appreciate nowadays as far as what he's telling these people.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think that's, um, I don't have a ton of verses to throw out there in terms of circumcision, but should you choose to spend the time to look at this, it is kind of amazing how often circumcision becomes as important as it does, and I I feel like I'm going to fail incredibly here. What <laughs> one, one because circumcision circumcision shows up a lot in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a ton, and. So one of the things that's like that's coming to my mind that I can't completely like recall what exactly the incident what the situation was that happened um and for some reason I'm thinking it happens to be Moses but I could be totally wrong on this of uh, circumcision plays a central role in Judaism to the point where like God is like mad like mad mad beyond what we can even comprehend and he is totally like ready to destroy people and is ready they don't do it and well he's ready to bring his wrath down and again i'm gonna fail miserably but somebody goes ah we need to circumcise all the men it's
0: uh it's no well yeah there's that but there's also um it's one of moses's children she throws the foreskin at Moses' yes, feet. Yes, exactly. To, like, save him from, yeah, exa- yeah, yeah. I don't know the verse, but and that's like, the story.
1: And it's, like, like I truly, in, in, in like, I'm, like, having this moment of, like, going, I remember reading this and, one, going, how did she know to do this? And then, two, why did it work? <laughs> and why does that matter to God? Uh-huh. And so, without getting caught up in all the minutia of this, because I, and I feel like this is something that probably needs at least a little bit of looking into, but circumcision plays such an important role in the old Testament in terms of the people um, presenting themselves to God and cleansing themselves and being made whole. I don't even know if being made whole is the right way to say this. But it's it's not just the Jewish people. I mean, God says your manservant and you know everybody needs to be circumcised in order for this to be made okay. And it's kind of a I'm going to shift gears here a little bit because I don't know that everybody totally knows what circumcision is, and I don't mean to be uh, crass about this, but I remember being 12, 13 years old and coming across my baby book and I'm flipping through the no. pages. Yes. Oh no. No, no, no. There's nothing it's not gross. But it was So it, it's not it's, like Meet the Falkers oh, or no, the, no, Okay. No. But I'm flipping through my baby book and and it's one of these deals where it like, you know, it talks about first haircut and you kind of put the date and the the situation that it happened and first tooth and first you know, all babies little firsts. And then it says circumcised and then it says, yes. And then it gives the date that I was circumcised. And as a 12, 13 year old, I am literally in this moment of like going, (gasps) I've been circumcised. Like (laughs) I never considered that I was anything like I didn't know. Uh And so like I read that and was like, oh my gosh, I've been circumcised. And so, um, circumcision is is in our current world is more common than not Uh, particularly in america um our son was born in haiti and we brought him here as a five-year-old six-year-old somewhere in that area five gonna about to be six you're a bad parent because you don't actually know when he was born there's no paperwork right now, partly because I don't remember, I am. Oh, I am Dave, somewhere. I'm trying to throw you a bone here, man. <laughs> anyway, anyways, I'm so sorry. Bringing him to <laughs> bringing him to America from Haiti, he was not circumcised, and oh. so he got circumcised <gasps> when he came oh, to America. Oh, poor yes, guy! It poor was very guy. Much a poor guy, and um, yeah. Again, I kind of had this in addition to being a 12, 13 year old and realizing, Oh, I've been circumcised then having adopted a child who was not circumcised, who was five years old, almost about to be six and realizing, ah, you're going to be circumcised. It is not a pleasant thing. And so it is cutting off of skin in the most sensitive part of a man's body, (laughs) in the most sensitive part of a man's body. And that decision for us was based on um, my wife being a nurse and believing that that was the best practice for our son in terms of becoming a man, becoming an adult, becoming well, a father. And yeah, and exactly. Because if it's not cleaned, it can get
0: infected and it's just easier. Yeah.
1: And, and even in that, I was like, okay, I knew I was circumcised. Didn't totally comprehend what that meant. Until I had a son who was uncircumcised yeah, and I knew what it looked like and then experienced what it did look like. And so um, I don't want to make light of this because it was clearly, as you read the Old Testament, it was clearly a very important thing for God's chosen people, the Jews to do as an outward sign, as their devotion to him and something that he, God felt like was very important for them to do because time and time again, being circumcised and then even like some kind of act with the foreskin, you know, touching the person with it. I I mean, it is throughout the old Testament. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to overpromise on the show notes, but I think most people would be surprised at how frequently this particular issue comes up.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, so that whole thing of like it being so important to God, like that raises questions about Him, right? But it also kind of shows the uh, the importance to God of us showing him some commitment, right? Yeah. Cause it's not like he's asking us to keep our fingernails trimmed. That doesn't hurt. That's a pretty regular thing. The, the removal of the foreskin, like there's a reason it's a big deal mm-hmm. and there's a reason it's so important. You said, you know, your, your, uh, your son had to go through it. I, I had a, a, Acquaintance in college who decided as a college student. Oh, why? He would get circumcised. Now, without being too graphic, uh, the men that listen to the show will know when you wake up in the morning, sometimes you're greeted by a friend. The EMB.
1: <laughs> we'll oh, let you figure E-M-B. out what the EMB is.
0: Oh, the early morning.
1: Yes. Oh, I was just <laughs> going to call it wood.
0: But you know what I'm talking about. Imagine waking up with that, having stitches where mm-hmm. there used to be something else um but for whatever reason he thought it was worth it i don't think i would have made the same decision but i don't know i guess the what i'm trying to get to in and, and i think what what dave is is getting to as well is this physical act that causes an incredible amount of pain um Luckily for you know me, I don't remember I was an infant.
1: Yeah, I have exactly. no
0: recollection of it. Um, but it tells you what God asks of us in a very small way, right? The sacrifice, the willingness to um, put ourselves in a rough situation for His sake. And so like early on, so here's the thing like, okay, the other thing too, is it, it's a private matter, like no. Nope, Well, pun absolutely intended, if I'm being honest, that it's a private matter. But like, it's not like he's asking us to dye our hair blonde to signify that we're Christians. Like, he's asking us to remove a piece of skin, for the Jews at least, that no one but your spouse would see. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, because it's a sign of devotion that is not public which I think tells us a bit about what God is really after, which is our hearts, our, our innermost, our our most intimate, our most private moments is what God wants. Mm. And so I think the act of circumcision is a physical representation of what God spiritually wants of us, which is our most quiet and private and intimate moments, which I think is inherently beautiful. Um, but it is not without cost to us. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, when you look at what Paul is doing and saying that circumcision is really about the heart that adds an entire, another level to it of yes, it's a physical representation and it's private, but it is about your most important um, aspect of your life. It is, it is the very essence of who you are. Now, obviously we say heart or soul and you know, we're not talking about the physical organ the heart. We're talking about the thing that makes us us, the thing that God created from nothing, the thing that will exist for eternity in heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. The very essence of who we are, that is what God is, is after. And that is what this whole circumcision thing is about. Because we're kind of dumb and because we need physical reminders of things, that's where the actual removal of the skin comes from. But the intent of it, the, the reminder of it, it's kind of like communion. We're dumb. So we need to be reminded, oh yeah, Jesus died on a cross. Here's his body. Here's his blood, bread and wine. hmm He gives us those reminders because we forget
1: so yeah. easily.
0: And for him to ask something so um, physical, you know, it's fair, but I think it it, it is a interesting, uh, Think because he doesn't ask it of women. No. no, that's true. You hear you hear stories of female circumcision, and it is horrible and awful, and it is mutilation, and it's terrible. And the only times it's ever acted out is when pure evil is being perpetrated. Right?
1: Yeah, I I, I think mutilation is the proper term. Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent
0: mutilation. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand. Hmm. How do I want to say this? I want to be very careful with what I say next. Why, why call only the men to the circumcision? Because God loves the women just as much. He created them as our equals. If not our betters in certain circumstances, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, that, that is a question I do have. Not that it cost me anything. Again, I don't remember. Yeah, I glad that I don't,
1: like real happy. Yeah, I don't even remember to the point of being like surprised when I came across it in my baby book of being like circumcised and the little like literally it was like a little box that said yes and a little box that said no and mine said yes and I was like oh, what, what? <laughs> And there is a scar. There's like a scar and it's like, Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Um so anyway. Genesis 17. That'll be in the show. Yeah. So Genesis 17 uh, verses 19 through 14 is God's covenant with Abraham. And that's where really all this comes into play. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant covenant. covenant. I can't speak. You will keep my covenant. You and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant. Oh, I keep hitting the wrong button. <laughs> this is what you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Um, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your, or bought with your money, from any foreigner who is not of your offspring both who he who is born in your house and who is who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised so shall my covenant <laughs> covenant be with your flesh an everlasting covenant any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people he has broken my covenant that's even one of the things that that like Paul talks about is saying you know i was i was circumcised on the eighth day uh, you know, there there's some there's like this importance to it. Um, but then, as we get to uh, the New Testament, and again, I don't want to I don't want to belabor this too terribly much. But there's definitely this shifting here. Is in Galatians five six, it says, "For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love." And so we've made that transition of the old covenant, where there's very much this outward expression. We need to do these things to show that we are who we are. And now we've made this transition to Jesus Christ having died on our cross. We're living under grace. And now circumcision doesn't have the importance that it did once upon a time. But clearly, clearly, I guess, as I look at the Old Testament, Testament. I think it's it's a hundred times, a hundred plus times. I mean, it's like a significant number of times that circumcision shows up in the Old Testament. It is this outward sign that God is asking us for, and I don't think there's anything inherent in the circumcision, but this condition of the heart, like you were talking about, of I'm willing to do this for God to show this is who I am and that I belong to Him. Yeah, it's, Mm, mm. you've got me thinking, Dave. Well, and you know, what's funny is, and I I think I just closed out of it, but I, (laughs) one of the websites that I came across when it talks to circumcision, it's literally like, what's the deal with circumcision? And like, why is is it so important? And again, I, I don't think there's inherently anything important to the circumcision. I think it's what God chose to be that outward sign of his people and his people being the Jewish people. And then when Jesus came along and died on the cross, we're under grace. I think he just simply said, circumcision isn't what's so important anymore. It's not the outward sign that it meant to be. And now in 2017, 2018, it's sort of this medical thing, You know, currently medically, it's like, hey, this is what's best.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even in what we're reading, it says, uh, you know, in 28, for no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor a circumcision outward and physical, even though that's what it really seems to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a Jew is one inwardly and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. And that is. a change from the old testament in understanding of what the physical represents and it is i don't know i just it's is interesting to me again i'm i'm going to repeat what i said earlier just cuz i have no novel ideas that paul goes there so quickly that he is that he is able to see that the physical represents something spiritual and it and if you extrapolate that into other physical things like the crucifixion of Christ is a physical thing that happened but it represents a spiritual redemption that no one knew was going to happen especially the people that killed him right mhm you know it i will forever see or think of chronicles of narnia And when, you know, the witch kills Aslan on the table and celebrates the victory, and then he like wakes up later like, man, I'm good. (laughs) Like, don't quote the deep magic to me, lady. You don't know what you're doing. I do. I'm going to win this. I'm going to sacrifice myself. And so when when we think about, you know, Paul's referencing the circumcision being of the heart and not of the body, even though it is of the body, it represents something deeper. We think of Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection as, as, yeah, it happened to his body. But there is a much, 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 much more deep uh, situation that he has resolved and he has redeemed. It it took a physical act, a physical sacrifice to enact a deeply spiritual redemption of God's creation. And so if you think of circumcision in that scenario, it does make sense that Paul would say, you know, those who are physically circumcised but do not follow the law well, here's your lot and those who are physically uncircumcised, but do follow well, your lot's going to be a lot better because it's not merely about the outward appearance. It is about what God cares about the most. And that is the heart of a person. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, just so good, Paul. He's just so good. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought I'd say circumcision so much in a conversation.
1: <laughs> so here's, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to read Romans three. Oh, you're skipping ahead, but I'm going to skip ahead because to be honest with you, I want to kind of put the whole circumcision thing to rest and not have to do it again. (laughs) But so Romans three, uh, starting with verse one says, then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision? And then verse two says much in every way to begin with the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful, does their unfaithfulness nullify the faithfulness of God's, the faithful, Oh, the faithfulness of God by no means let God be true through every one or a liar as it is written. And then it says that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. But if you'll, but if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say that God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. I won't go much farther than that. But Paul is certainly acknowledging, particularly as a Jew, as a Pharisee, he is saying there is importance to being circumcised. Um, It has value. It, it, it's this, you know, kind of in, in Jesus saying, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. God is consistent throughout scripture. He is the same today, tomorrow, uh, and yesterday, you know, he, he is consistent in who he is. And so while well, circumcision, circumcision, circumcision is not something that we need to do to ensure our salvation. um, Paul is acknowledging that there is significance to being a Jew. There is a significance to being God's chosen people. And we're not going to nullify that. But ultimately, it is that need of his grace being forgiven our sins and Jesus dying on the cross for us. And um, interestingly enough, this is actually a question I've had asked of me over my 16-year career in law enforcement. I've actually had people ask me what do I believe my what do I think the role of being what do I think the roles Jew it? <laughs> what do I think the Jewish people's role in history is? There we go. And ultimately I have to say I don't know because I haven't spent enough time studying it. However, if I read scripture from beginning to end from Genesis, Genesis revelation, God's chosen people are still God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. And there's not this element of Jesus came and now being Jewish, being of Hebrew descent has no significance to it. Yeah. He doesn't ditch him when the prom starts because it does. And, um, so my short answer is, is I don't know, which is often true of what I read in scripture. But as I look at the big picture, I go, God is not done with the nation of Israel. And I think there is significance in his kingdom come in eternity and his chosen people being, um, you know, the 12 tribes of of Israel. And I don't think we need to just dismiss that. And all politics aside... (laughs) I, I don't was, want to go down that I road was not going to force you to, <laughs> but ultimately I do. I do believe that Israel still has um, Israel, the nation of God's chosen people have a uh, role to play to in history that I think we will see um, come to fruition. Uh, but the thing I will say is, is that it's not under the law. It is not absent of Jesus. That Jesus is central in that. And um, eventually, I guess we're going to see what that looks like. <laughs> yes, eventually. Well, what an interesting text. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know so what that. we're going to title the show yet. Usually I have a title by now, but I got nothing. I don't want to t- I don't want the title to be like,
1: oh, all about circumcision because no one's going to listen to that. You know, the title could just be Romans 2, I Got Nothing. But that might be the title. I got nothing. Romans two circumcision. I got circumcision, nothing. I got nothing. That's what it's going
0: to be. I don't even know how to spell circumcision. <sighs> Anyways, uh, while I figure that out, thanks for listening. Yeah, very much. If you want to get in touch, you know how to do that by now. Or I hope or, so. or this could be the very first episode, the masterclass that you've listened to you've made it this far, which means you get a high five. Uh, links are down below, depending on your podcast app of choice. You might need to swipe left or right, but they are there. There'll be links to Dave's Twitter, David J. Hogue, my Twitter, Cam Brennan, our email. Hello at super megacorp.net. And of course, uh, a shout out to our Patreon supporters, Katie, Rachel, and Willby. that was alphabetical. I think. All right. Didn't even mean to, um, and a link to our Patreon page so you can see what r- rewards are there and show notes as well. And I think that's it. Yeah.
1: Appreciate you listening and tuning in. And
0: yeah. And if, if you like this show, there's a strong chance you might like some of the other shows we've got here on Super Mega Corp. Uh, season three of the Mendoza line is coming at you within the next couple of weeks.
1: How much longer till the uh, pitchers and catchers report? Do you know? Uh,
0: days. Yeah,
1: it's like it's not very week. long.
0: Uh So Mendoza line is a, a baseball podcast that I do with my buddy Nick, who is like a walking encyclopedia of baseball knowledge. I'm just there to like, I don't know, make bad <laughs> jokes. Uh Dave has a show with uh, a friend named Joe, and it's all about police and military uh, folks living a life that is in that genre, but also with Christ. Yeah. Which is as a civilian seems kind of hard. <laughs> so that's what that podcast, well, thank I, you. I, I don't have anything to add to that podcast, but it is on our show and they do a wonderful job. And then um, me and Dave have another show called dad college. It's all about being, you know, good dads and not sucking at being a dad because no one wants to suck at being a dad. Well, I shouldn't say that some people might want to, we don't want to, Oh, that was a really long winded way to say thank you so much for listening. You have now links to all of the things. (laughs) And if this wasn't too
1: much, we'll see you next time on episode 115. And uh, until then, be good. Bye. Bye.